welcome to Back Office to Boardroom with Clara Smith. In this episode, I am so thrilled and humbled to be joined by Gal Torin, competitive intelligence lead at JFrog. Gal is an unsung hero in the world of competitive intelligence and a huge advocate of leading with humility, grace, vulnerability, and what good looks like in terms of a competitive matrix and why it might not be what you think it should be. Come join our podcast today to learn about her love of Jamaican dance hall music, her lessons learned, and failures in front of executives, and most importantly, the resiliency that she discovered along the way. Welcome, welcome everybody. This is your host, Clara Smith, and we're so excited to have you on episode three of Back Office to Boardroom. I am so thrilled, humbled, and really, really excited to be welcomed today by Gal Torin of JFrog. Um, Gal has such a unique background of promoting women first and competitive intelligence first, not only in her professional life, but leading with class and with an incredible tone in terms of how she does her work. Uh, for all those on the line, Gal is a competitive intelligence team lead at JFrog, but I almost consider her a soul sister. And the reason why I say that is I'm also from an international relations and diplomacy background who have found uh, our own respective ways into competitive intelligence. So what advice would you give to people who were in your shoes maybe a couple of years ago, starting out CI from scratch? Yeah, so I think um, one of the biggest things is not being afraid to ask questions. That's something that really got me far along the way. Even if you think it's the su- most stupidest question you've ever uh, heard of, or you think it's a really naive question, don't be afraid to ask. And I think that's something that as women we know is a pain point for us. It's not always as easy to speak up and and make your voice heard and um, and make yourself maybe sound not as professional or or you might people might think that you're not you don't know your your stuff uh, when you ask a question. But it's not like that at all. Uh, I think once you you're in the industry enough uh, enough time in any industry you realize that most people are embarrassed to ask those exact questions and they're the most important questions sometimes. So definitely understand. And once you start asking those questions, I think people realize that you're asking the valuable questions. They realize that you care. And that's one of the main things that takes you to the next level. And another thing that I think Mm -hmm. as women, we're not, um, we don't do as well, or we, we should improve in as in general, um, is communicating what we're doing and advertising ourselves, basically, mm-hmm. promote our brand. That's something that a lot of women are starting to talk about more. And not only for women, just in general, uh, you're doing great work, you're doing important work, you're doing valuable work, um, you're winning more deals for the company, you're making people feel more confident, uh, you're helping the executive team make their strategic decisions, uh, doing a lot of things, and you need to communicate that and and really um, not boast it, but uh, make sure that your voice is heard, make sure you're in the right uh, decision-making junctions, and yeah, just talk about talk about yourself and promote your brand. Incredible, Gao. I love those nuggets of information and insight, especially around self-promotion with humility. You strike that tone so well, right? And I think being a CI professional, there is this amount of humility that you have to bring because there's always going to be something that you don't know, right? And I love that you ask those questions that everybody might be scared of or embarrassed to ask. Do you have any more stories around that or even promoting yourself as a woman in the workplace? 
Absolutely. So uh, at JFrog, actually, JFrog is the most technical place I've worked in. Um, and when I say technical, uh, it's very hard to explain what JFrog does when, when I'm asked. Um, you know, you always have to make your mom understand uh, what you're doing. So um, my mom, she understands now, but it was very difficult to, but it's not just her, it's any, any person, even the most technical people who come to JFrog are at a certain starting point and they, they really have a very steep learning curve ahead of them, no matter where you come from. I didn't know anything about software development and about DevOps specifically. I, I had no idea coming from political sciences and from diplomacy, uh, nothing about that. And the other companies I worked for before, I did, did do some technical work, but it wasn't as, as technical and as deep diving as I have to do at JFrog. And uh, I was really intimidated coming to JFrog, really intimidated to ask those questions. There was a whole month in the beginning of my first month where I would call my mom every time I came home. I was like almost crying. What am I going to do? I'm never going to get this. I have too many knowledge gaps. And then I realized that a lot of people have those exact knowledge gaps. And I, it's okay to ask those questions. And it's okay to, to make yourself vulnerable, basically. I think when you make yourself vulnerable, a lot of people, not only in the workplace, but also in, in life, just uh, lean more towards you and, and want to help you more and are willing to, to open themselves up to you as well and give you their knowledge. So I was super intimidated coming to JFrog at first, but uh, I think when you stand at the end of, at the top of that learning curve and you look down and you're like, okay, wow, I accomplished a lot and I actually know what I'm talking about. And you're suddenly in meetings and you have something to say, or you understand the connection between something that that person said and the other person said, and you start really realizing the value that you can, you can bring as well. That's incredible, Gal. I love that you've experienced that for yourself. And the concept of, you know, courageous vulnerability always comes back in my professional life. And I love that you're demonstrating it right now by opening your book of business, opening your professional life and sharing it with all of our listeners. We couldn't be more grateful. So, you know, we're, we have many, much more left in the podcast, but I just want to say thank you for showcasing that um, in practice and putting, you know, your, your words into practice there. So many questions I have for you now. You, you hit on an incredible amount of insight here. Specifically, I wanted to double check into, you know, it seemed like you had that moment where you're sitting in, in the boardroom or maybe in a meeting and you realize, I have something to share, right? I have that glue or that connective tissue between organizations and between people. So tell me more about how did you know that you made it in the compete world? Yeah. Um, great question. So it's actually, I think, a string of successes that I can put together. And, and when I look back and I understand that it was a small success here and then a bigger success there, and then it was kind of building up. Once people started knowing me before I, I knew them, when they entered the company and were introduced to my work and to the competitive uh, enablement program, before I even got to know them or before I knew that they came to the company, that's one of my biggest successes, um, I feel. Uh, not just in terms of your own brand, but also in terms, but specifically in terms of, of your competitive program. That's an amazing accomplishment for, for a company that didn't have a, a competitive enablement program, a solid competitive enablement program three years ago, to now everyone coming in, like the company doubled in size and everyone coming into the company. The first week they go through our competitive intelligence hub, uh, they go through our program, they watch the sessions. So that's something that 
I was like, okay, you're, you're good. You did good. And that was one of the, of the things. Another thing that I've uh, lately been doing better is tracking uh, one deals that I was involved in. And when you start seeing that you actually contributed to the company's revenue and you see that revenue building up um, really nicely and you're like, okay, I was a part of that. And you, you contributed to that. And that was another huge success for me. The biggest success for me is being able to truly understand what the company, what our technology does how it can help customers and connecting those dots within the organization. Like you said, when, when I was able to do that, that was a huge success for me, uh, realizing the value that we bring, but seeing it from all different aspects of within the company, seeing it from the product side, seeing it from the sales side, and then connecting between those dots and uh, exposing the gaps that we had in certain places so we can know how to put more emphasis on those things that we need. Absolutely. And it sounds like you've had experience taking that to the boardroom, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been exposed in the past year or two uh, to our, our executive team. That's been amazing. And, and being able to, it, it took a while to understand how you need, how, what the best way is to deliver a message at that level, especially when you're an executive team that the company is super technical, like I said, and not the entire executive team is at the same or some of them are super technical and some are not exactly. You have to find the right uh, balance there and, and, um, uh, and know how to deliver the message that in a way that everybody will care about it and not kind of float away in thought because they're not, you're not touching exactly their pain points. Wonderful. Well, first off, I just want to say congrats. You have gone through the trenches, right? Um, and done all of the all of the work and all of the hard things in terms of not only internal facing competitive intelligence, but this magical piece that I feel like a lot of practitioners haven't really dipped their toes in, which is external facing, customer facing competitive intelligence. Do you mind to share a little bit more around how you got there, how you built confidence and humility and vulnerability along the way? And then what does good look like there for you? Obviously, apart from the closed one deal, but from a behavior and a customer engagement perspective, what does that look like for you? So um, uh, in the world of customer facing uh, collateral and, and enablement and all of that, it took a while to understand that we or how how well how much we want to do that internally, uh, because we were very as a company, we, we, of course, I think any company does that, but for us, it was really important not to trash our competitors, uh, not to talk about what they're doing wrong, because uh, one of the things I always say <laughs> when I do my intro to, to new employees in the company uh, is I always say that we need to be uh, humble, not only externally when we talk about our competitors, but also internally. We have to give our competitors respect where respect is due and credit where credit is due. They do an amazing job. They're not our competitors for no reason. They're legitimate players in the industry. And we really need to give them respect and, and credit, even internally and not um, dismiss their capabilities because you never know when that might um, come to surprise you, basically. Mm -hmm. So it was very important for us when we started to, doing, to do things externally, um, how we compare to our competitors on our website with customer-facing collateral it was important that we do it again humbly and i really tried to highlight our uh, value and our advantages 
versus trashing the competition and showing where they do things wrong. Uh, so I think that's the most important thing when, when you do that is, is really highlighting yourself at, rather than um, stepping on other people. And I think we just realized at some point that customers are looking for that. Customers, if they're not getting it from us, they're going to get it from the competitor. If they're not getting that comparison sheet um, that they want from us with the exact um, criteria that they're looking for, they're going to get it from the competitor. And we want to get our message out there first. Famous or infamous matrix or comparison sheet. It's like the number one ask from sales. What's your take on that? I mean, it seems like you just gave it right. We want to lead with our strengths. We want to lead with the benefits. Um, any further thoughts on that? And I just want to say I am in such respect of how you do competitive intelligence, right? Anybody could could do basic research, do basic Googling and, and do the so what analysis. But I think the magic is in the how. And I want to recognize you for that because that is a mic drop moment for me when you just said that, right? Where you're pushing the industry forward by leading with humility, by leading with grace and class in terms of how you respect the competition. And it's healthy competition, right? Where you want to bring out the best in each other, not necessarily the worst in each other. So let's circle back to the, the concept of the matrix. Any, any two cents there and how that scales to the executive boardroom or down to a single sales deal? So first of all, I think that in the beginning, I started at the very most basic level of comparing feature by feature. Do we have this? Do they have this? How good is it? It's a, yeah, those Harvey balls, uh, half a ball and yeah. Yeah, the half moon ones. Yep, exactly. exactly. So, um, and, and I still do those when it's necessary, but I think I upgraded that to a place where I, I keep saying value, but I think that value is one of the most important things that I understood is important in every aspect of my work is showing the value of or speaking in terms of value and not in terms of features. So when I create those comparison matrices, I don't uh, only say, do we have this? Do they have this? It's more of what value does this feature bring? Uh, what, what your organization can benefit or how you can benefit from this feature rather than yes or no. We've seen great success with that, uh, both both on the in the deal level and in the entire sales organization, uh, because people understand. I was saying a lot, like how how Dayfrog is technical. We de develop tools for developers and for DevOps. You really need to understand when sales is not is not as technical. The salesperson needs to understand how to translate the the feature into the actual value that the customer will be getting. Right. Uh, so when you talk at that level, when you talk at the at the value level, that elevates their education as well, and that elevates their confidence as well. Preach seriously. I should give you the mic here, gal. It's, no, you're seriously you. bringing just such um, such heat and such wisdom to the podcast today, especially around you know how do you do the hardest job out there, which I think compete is the hardest job out there. But then you add in the technical heaviness of, you know, selling to DevOps and then trying to translate that into sales and ramp people along the way. I just want to give you major kudos for that. That's very, very difficult. And I agree. I couldn't agree more wholeheartedly with the, with the whole response around Matrix. I, I said it before on the podcast, but I think we truly are um, professional soul sisters because you took the words right out of my mouth there where you want to lead with value. You want to go beyond the feature function and really talk about the customer impact right at the end of the day. 
So let's get to a, a fun note here. It sounds like, you know, you could absolutely run your own podcast here, Gal. I'd love to give you the mic sometime in the future. But if you could give a presentation on any topic for 30 minutes, it does not have to be competitive intelligence. What would it be on? Uh, I love that question. Uh, two things come to mind, but I think I'll focus on, on one, which has been my longer obsession. Uh, which is uh, Jamaican culture and Jamaican dancehall music. I've been, I think, around almost 20 years uh, where I just got hooked on Jamaican music and it never left me. I've traveled to Jamaica four times um, for even months at a time, and I just love the people and the culture, and I can talk about that for hours and hours. I would listen to that podcast. I would go to that presentation, yeah. gal. Anytime you do it, I'll be in the front row seat. <laughs> Thank you. I'll let you know when that happens. Please do. Please do. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Jamaican food on a side note. I absolutely okay. love the culture. It's infectious. Like, you can't not love it, right? Absolutely. Well, now that we talked about some fun, you know, food items and, and Jamaican cultural items and, you know, inclusive of that um, kind of comes to the opposite of that, which is, you know, we talked about victories in your career when, let's talk about maybe something a little bit uh, that people don't normally talk about, which is maybe a little bit of failure, a little bit of when your career maybe wasn't going in the direction that you intended. Um, tell us a little bit about you know, how you pivoted that and how you had that self-reflection moment around when you know, we talked about all the things that were going right. When was, some, when was this some, a time that something might have not gone right? Sure. Uh, I think that's important to talk about too when that's when we can learn the most probably, not only from, from our successes. Um, and I personally have crisis every few months around this because I'm super critical of myself and too critical probably. Yeah, you know, you know, soldiers, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I have a breakdown, like um, I'm not gonna be able to do this every, every few months, but um, I think most of them are over now. I think I've really, established my own confidence in myself as a professional over time and um, and being here and being able to share that of course is another stepping stone for myself in in that confidence so that's that's great um, but things that don't work uh, as as well um, so when I started presenting to the executive team and getting that visibility the first time went pretty well uh, but one of those times we have a concept called meet to compete it's just a, a session where we talk, focus on a specific competitor uh, so we were talking about that specific competitor and it was really important an important session and i didn't prepare well enough uh, i didn't prepare with my or i i felt i prepared well enough but i didn't review it uh, enough with my manager uh, and it was one of the first times where i was uh, started getting visibility to to the executive team and they didn't know me as well. I didn't know their needs as, as well as I do now. So, and I think I should have understood how to deliver my message better to them. Mm -hmm. uh, because during the meeting, I felt like it was a huge failure. Failure. Um, my manager later, he kind of tried to calm me down and he said it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Um, mm -hmm. Next time we'll have to review this better and, and work on this better. And I think the missing piece for me was that it was it was really too high level 
And um, what I needed to learn better is how to deliver a message correctly to the executive level. Yeah, um, yeah and, and it takes time. It's not easy. You have to, to know the specific uh, personas in your executive team as well because they're very different from each other and uh, character is an important factor of, of that uh, decision-making as well. So it takes time, but when, you, when I was able to do that, I feel much more confident now and I know I won't have those breakdowns anymore around that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Gal. I know that must have been a very difficult career moment for you. I've also had that experience, too, where, you know, you might have prepped, you felt really comfortable, and then you walk in there and you have that, oh, crap moment, right, where you're like, this is not going the way that I wanted it to go. What was the next executive meeting like after this one? Uh, It took a while. Uh, It took, like, probably a few months, but... The next one actually was a huge career high for me. I was actually invited to, we had um, like a 2022 uh, kickoff uh, early this year for the entire, for like managers from the entire company. And I was asked to to give my, like a small competitive review, a short competitive review of and our win-loss analysis and things like that, things that the entire company would care about. And I was invited to ask to speak there um, alongside the entire executive team. It was just the executives and and myself. So that was, it was huge for me. So I don't think that like retrospectively, I felt that it was a huge failure that, um, that um, meet to compete meeting, but it wasn't, it was, it was okay. They didn't hate me. They didn't think I was a huge failure and they weren't going to fire me. It was a small bump in the road, I would say. Right. Absolutely. And I want to congratulate you on your recovery from that, you know, your resiliency that you've gained throughout all your experiences. I can tell that this is just the tip of the iceberg for you, Gal, of what you shared today. I'm sure there's so many stories and tidbits beneath the surface, and we'd love to have you back as a potential next next uh, guest, um, you know, as a part two on our podcast. Um, just to close this out today, I'm curious, you know, I see you as such a leader within the industry, really, you know, cutting the cloth on what good looks like for a female CI leader, what great looks like for a female CI leader. But I'm curious about your take. You know, what, where do you see the compete industry going and what do you think the biggest challenge is for people like me and, and you, Gal, and also every single person listening to our podcast today? Uh, so I think one challenge that isn't as relevant anymore. I think people are still are still facing it, but something that uh, I think we'll see less and less of is that the need to convince your executive team that compete is important. I think that in today's world and with the amount of information we have, it's becoming more and it's becoming harder to deny the fact that you need to have competitive intelligence in your company as a function. I don't know, a full-time or part-time, but it has to be something that you focus on absolutely. And the next step uh, for, for us as an industry, I think, is, is implementing more common practices and standards that are not really in place today. And I think that the community today is, is starting to do an amazing job around that. Um, so, and, and bringing more standards and bringing more um, education to, to the entire community. So, um, so yeah, so we share all of that information and don't kind of just float around each one in their own um, bubble and um, do things in a different way. We really need to start elevating ourselves and trying to understand how what, what the baseline for the entire uh, industry should, should look like. 
incredible gal. That could be its own topic, right? Its own keynote speech at the next CI Summit or the next uh, competitive conference. I am so excited to see that you are giving back to the industry, that you're elevating us all through your insights and your words of wisdom and everything that you bring to the table. So I just want to say thank you. I've learned so much just from you today, gal. And I know that our listeners are so lucky to have you. So I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on to our podcast today. We can't wait to have you back. Is there anything else that you want to close out our podcast with today? Any last um, information or insights that you want our listeners to know about competitive, about you, about JFrog, about how you do the work that you do? I'll just finish up by saying, that, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It was super fun and a really great conversation. And I'll be happy to come back anytime. And everybody is welcome to, to reach out on uh, LinkedIn, I think is the best way. Always happy to continue the conversation, talk to anyone. And uh, people in Israel, uh, look out for uh, interesting events coming soon in, in, this, uh, in the competitive intelligence area. So I think I'll leave it at that. I love it. So elusive, so mysterious, gal. We can't wait to follow you and all your successes. Uh, We'll chat soon, soul sister. Talk soon. And thank you, everybody, for listening in today. 